Welcome to the TikTok podcast sponsored by Tourette Ottawa. Listen in as your hosts Jimmy and Brandon discuss everything Tourette syndrome. You can show your support for the show by sharing it and most importantly, spreading awareness about Tourette syndrome. Before I jump into introducing today's guest, I want to remind you that the cure for Tourette syndrome is awareness. And the best way to do that and simultaneously support this podcast is to share it. Spread the word, generate awareness. You can send us an email at tiktokquestions at gmail.com. That's T-I-C-T-A-L-K questions at gmail.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns for us to discuss on the show. And remember, the TikTok podcast is available on YouTube in video format. So tune in at TikTok podcast on YouTube. On today's episode, Jimmy and Brandon interview Aaron McEwen. Aaron McEwen is the president of Tourette Canada's Ottawa chapter and an accomplished mom of a daughter with Tourette syndrome. She has a lot to say, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. I guess we'll just jump right into it. And um, if you could just start with your experience with Tourette's syndrome and why you had to learn about it and, uh, and where, that, where that's taken you. Well, um, our daughter, who's 10 now, she was first diagnosed when she was four in junior kindergarten. And um, we had to learn about it on the fly. We did not know anything at all about it. And um, even, even right after her diagnosis, we had to reach out on our own and do our own investigating to to find out what we could do to help her and how we could support her. And, 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 and so, so mm-hmm. can you talk about her diagnosis a little bit and, and yeah. what led to that? Yeah, for sure. So when, when she was in preschool, um, her main teacher had noticed some, some behavior, behaviors that were a little bit concerning to her. Um, when Amelia, that, that's our daughter's name, Amelia, um, when, when she would be outside on the school ground and, for example, on a scooter, she would have to ride around and around and around in a circle. She would always be humming the same song every time. Um, when they were in the classroom, one of the classrooms had a Duplo station and she would have to build the same piece of Duplo, like the same structure every time. And she was never finished until that last piece was put in place. And I remember it was a little giraffe that, that had to sit on the top and then she was fine to move on to the next, to the next task that the teacher wanted her to do. So at at that point, my husband and I, we went in for a meeting and um, she expressed her concerns and then she referred us to CHEO. Um, It it was a little department just off to the side of of CHEO. And at the time they they were more looking for autism spectrum issues, um, OCD because of the repetitiveness. Um, we, we went in for, for a meeting and it was my husband and I, and we brought Amelia with us, obviously. And, um, the, the psychologist at the time just had her sitting in this little desk, 
And she would have her doing little tests. She would, um, it, it was like memory games, matching things, patterns, um, almost testing like her social, her social skills as well, you know, through picture books and whatnot. And like you said, that was to, to gauge whether it was uh, autism or OCD or, or what it was because they had no idea. Correct, correct. And um, even, even after that appointment and after waiting the month or whatever, whatever it took to, to receive her report, um, even at that time, we had no answers. The, um, the doctor did not know what was going on. She wasn't, in, in her view, she wasn't on the spectrum. She fell below OCD, she fell below ADHD. And then it wasn't until that summer and um, we, we actually, we were away, we were on a family camping trip and she was constantly blinking her eyes. So as parents, you know, we're like, hey, here's a pair of sunglasses, you know? Was it like um, small little blinks or was it big aggressive eye closing blinks? It was big aggressive, big aggressive yeah. as if her eyes were burning. Right. In pain. Like what I'm doing right now. <laughs> and exactly. I can't stop doing it now. Exactly. I'm well, so we're sorry. Talking, that was a trigger. Yeah. I can't do it. As soon as you mentioned, I'm so I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yeah. So, so, you know, we're on this camping trip and we weren't far from home, you know, so we made an appointment with our GP. We made an appointment. Um, and, you know, they, they looked at her, you know, eyes aren't red, you know, it's definitely not allergies. Go see your um, optometrist. So we did, we got her an emergency appointment, went in, she has 20-20 vision, um, but um, no, no issues at all that he could see. So I, I reached back out to the doctor that was doing the testing at CHEO and I was mentioning this. And, um, you know, just kind of wondering, you know, like, is, could this, you know, be, be something? related or something? Yeah. Yeah. Like somehow, you know, just, this is something new. You didn't think that it was related. To Tourette's? Yeah. Like, did you, no. No, did you think at the time that it was related to the giraffe thing? And it, well, I, I wasn't sure at like at that yeah. point, I wasn't sure, but because this was no matter what we did, you know, like we could wipe our eyes with a cloth, you know, and, and it between Aaron, three, Aaron, four, this is, yeah. This is something that we um, talk about a lot on the podcast, actually, where this is kind of touching on a few things where um, it's the doctors, um, I, I feel like, have a difficult time uh, pinpointing Tourette's because it can, it can present itself in so many different ways. And also, the parents have a very difficult time because unless you have to know about it, you don't know about it. And that's something that Jimmy and I talk about a lot of the time where um, parents, if you're not looking for certain things, then you would have no idea. And you don't know what it is because uh, it's, it's so under um, uh, educated, I guess, like no, no, unless you have it or you know someone who has it, you don't know about it. 
Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I, I agree with that 110%. Um, you know, it, it, it took a long time for us to even understand, you know, with, with a child that was just diagnosed with this disorder, we, we still had a very long, difficult time understanding what it was. And I think especially uh, as a, a four-year-old, right? She was four at the time yeah. and, and a girl, a four-year-old girl that, that seems like a pretty rare mm-hmm. uh, case. Yeah. And yeah, it might be and, very hard to find information on, on a child that young. Yeah, no, it, um, I, I mean, at, at the time we did not know what the statistics were like, you know, now though, like knowing others within the chapter and with, with Jill's huge knowledge, you know, we now understand that only one out of, what is it? One out of three children or individuals that have Tourette's syndrome are female. Mm-hmm. I thought it was and, actually less, less than that, but less than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, maybe, no, yeah, it's like no 20, 20% or something. I apologize. Yeah. It's one in four. It's one yeah. in four. Yeah. Yeah. And which is, is, again, it's, it's strange that there's no explanation for that. Right. We we're not sure why that is, but um, it, it's, yeah, it's just another one of those, mysteries and same with when a child like a four-year-old has it versus uh you know a nine-year-old or something like why it comes at different times i don't know yeah yeah and 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 i think her being diagnosed at such a young age i think it was it was somewhat of a blessing you know so so right out of the gate um we we did our own research and we found our local ottawa chapter met jill met a number of the other families involved. Jill came to the school, she did a talk. So now all of these teachers that have grown with Amelia are aware of what what she's dealing with, how they can help her. And all of her friends are very, um, what, what's the word they they don't even look at her as different accepting absolutely absolutely um we we were in the park the other day at at the beach and um she was meeting a friend of her best friends and she, she had met this little guy a couple of times and she was sitting there on on the blanket and she did like a little chicken wing tick that, mm. that she does often. And she just looked at the other little guy and, and she said, that was a tick. Just so you know, in case you don't know, I have Tourette syndrome. Wow, that's and, awesome. then, and then he had asked, well, what is that? Because he has never heard of it mm. before. And um, so she explained, and then her best friend who was there also started explaining it because he's been through a number of these talks with Jill. So they're, they're great. You know, that, so- that is actually a great story because that's and I wanted story. to ask you about how she is with, um, with the, like accepting that she has it. And I guess, like you said, because she was so young when she was diagnosed, that's yeah. just always been her um, it, reality it, where it she's has. grown with it. Yeah. And I guess, um, the, yeah, the fact that 
that she's so open about it to talk with new people she's meeting or her friends. That's, that makes me feel really good because uh, hopefully that, that can help her out with uh, avoiding a lot of the stigma that, that she otherwise might have to feel. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, um, she's, she's such an outgoing child as well. Um, you know, so, so you always have that fear, right? Like as a parent, but, um, you know, even at 10, you know, as a little tweenager, as they like to call themselves and, and girls can be nasty, mm-hmm. but, um, nothing, nothing, knock on wood has, um, has, well, it, it, it sounds like she's doing what we always say on the podcast to, uh, you know, embrace it and, and kind of own Jimmy, Jimmy coined this term own your Tourette's yeah and it sounds like that's what she's doing like if you if you are in front of it then uh it doesn't matter what anybody says because you already are are there you're like yeah I know you can't you can't like make fun of me about it because I'm 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 well aware of it and yeah I told you about it anyway so that was a good way of putting it actually I wanted to I wanted to hit on something that you said before Aaron which was about the teachers, all the teachers that she grew up with in the school knowing about it, and then thereby the kids and probably the parents of the kids. And what that does is it, it creates a cat, like a, a big, it, it broadens the net. So then now those teachers, when they move jobs, they're able to tell the other teachers in their new school and the new kids, and they're able to look for signs of kids with threats. Both of my sisters are, are teachers and uh, the both of them have have noticed several cases of what looked like Tourette's and were able to pinpoint things because they knew. And I feel like the way that this is going to work and the way that we're actually going to generate change is through the system zip and, and getting the people that are in the system, seeing the kids at the start, one of the ways that we're going to integrate and, and enact change is, is if you get the kids and the parents on board with talking about it, you get someone like Jill to Jill Bobula, the former president of the auto chapter. We've had her on the podcast. If you get her to uh, give a speech to the school or, or you to talk about it to the school, the teachers know about it and then the parents and then the other teachers, and then it just net, it broadens the net. And that's so, so great what you did. And well, now Amelia and- is so vocal and, 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 and so proud, you know, almost. She, she she is proud she is proud um you know like this this year you know due due to the whole covid situation our annual track had to be a virtual track and she donned that t-shirt that jimmy arranged all those t-shirt sales mm-hmm. Gorgeous shirts. You should buy one if you haven't already. Um, she donned that t-shirt. Her family was there. Her friends were there. That's awesome. And, um, you know, people stopped us on the sidewalk. Hey, what are you walking for? And she very proudly, Tourette syndrome. Here's a so, pamphlet. So I have two things to say. One, Jimmy, back to your point about the schools. Um, you know, if the statistic that we always cite as being one in 100 uh, people have it, then that's a bunch of kids in schools that have it. And I guarantee you that they all slip through the cracks because yeah. I went you know, when I was in school, I never knew of anyone that had it. You know, there were a thousand people in my high school and, not, yeah. you know, I would never, that would, that would be quite, you know, quite a few people would have had it. And, um, I've never heard of it until 
I was diagnosed, right? And so there are a lot of people that are probably falling through the cracks. And if teachers know about that and they and it's something that they teach, you know, that they learn in their training, just like any other, just like any other type of, um, uh, you know, disorder or, or maybe even learning um, issues that they learn about in their training that could be incorporated. It could probably help a lot, especially when, when there's so many conditions associated with it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it can come across as a behavior problem. It can come across as defiance. If the teacher's not looking carefully enough or whoever it is is not paying enough attention to, to the kid, uh, it, can, it can almost, if you twist it in some sort of strange way, look like defiance. Um, and I think that can snowball really quickly. So if the teacher thinks that the kid is being defiant and the kid gets punished and the kid doesn't want to talk about it and the kid gets more angry and then it kind of just snowballs in that, in that direction. And same thing with confidence in Tourette's. If you're shunned for Tourette's or you're not allowed to be confident about it, it's going to negatively impact you, especially in those Or worse, getting, getting punished, getting punished for it and not knowing yeah. why, like not knowing. That's just going to, that's going to compound. And by the time you're 24, you're going to think that having Tourette's has been the, the center of all your problems. And it might've been because of when you were five years old, you got shunned by a teacher or made fun of, and then it, it compounded. And, um, I, um, this is, you know, it's, it's a, just a, an outcry by, by, by me and by, by us to say that like, there needs to be more awareness. It needs to be common knowledge. Like it needs Absolutely. to be as fundamental of our knowledge as, as, as uh, ADHD and, and OCD and depression, right? Oh, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so Aaron, my next yeah. question um, is, well, first, would, do you think Amelia would be willing to uh, talk with us on the podcast for an episode? Because I think that would be fun. Oh, she would. If she's she so, would. yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> okay, and and then be, yeah. so back on that on that topic. I don't know if we want to wait for her to tell about this, but um, wh what kind of um, like what what severity would you say her Tourette's is at? Like what um, if you can talk about this? Um, like mm. what kind of things does she do now? What kind of tics does she have or behaviors um, that you notice? Um, so, so right now, um, we're, we're somewhat in the midst of, um, trying to determine whether she has ADHD as well. Um, she, she does have some listening problems, <laughs> um, but it, um, we've, we've really noticed it, um, as of late, particularly with trying to do the whole homeschooling issues, um, she, with, um, with the little, I guess, survey that they hand out to the teachers and then the survey that they hand out to the parents, she, she fell just below, but this is the third time that she's been tested, um, at the request of the school and, um, and also because of our concerns. So, um, we're, we're, we're trying to determine, you know, whether or not this is the case, unfortunately, hmm. you know, it's, it's sort of a matter of testing out different medication and whatnot. Um, but with, with regards to her Tourette's right now, 
I don't find it all that severe. She, she has her little chicken wing tick and that's, that's about all, you know, she, she's not eye blinking right now. Okay. And, and, and you guys have, Mm. um, obviously you you mentioned medication and, um, do you do other sort, uh, other types of uh, like treatment or, um, like tick control methods or anything like that? No, no. We, we spoke with her about that. Um, once, when she got a little bit older, obviously not right out of the gate when she was diagnosed. Um, and she, she just said, and, and she's been asked this before, um, she will join the youth group, the odd time, um, that, that Kevin hosts. And she quite openly says, no, I don't want to hide my ticks. It's who I am. I'm, I'm proud that I'm different from other people. It's a great mindset. Great mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so we're extreme, like we're, we're so proud of her, you know, as a family. Um, I think like our role right now as, as parents are just educating our extended families to, you know, so, so that they understand what Tourette syndrome is, what all the comorbids are. Um, one of her huge comorbids is um, dysgraphia. That's when you can't hold a writing utensil the right way. So mm-hmm. she actually draws and she's a fabulous artist. And even though she has dysgraphia and cannot hold a writing utensil like you or I do normally, she holds it in a fist. Um, she's, she's phenomenal. And, um, but it did cause some issues at school, some aching hands, whatnot. She was in occupational therapy through the school for quite a few years. And the school ended up advocating for her and getting a laptop for her to use in the regular in-school classroom so that she wouldn't fall behind from her peers. And that's great that they did that. And we were talking, uh, I don't know if it was last episode or a couple episodes ago about accommodations that uh, that are available. And as with any disability, as it is um, coined, right, in the in the Legislation Disability Act or whatever, um, and but Tourette syndrome is classified as that. So there are accommodations that almost they legally have to provide in workplace or you know school any, anywhere. Yeah, it's required. yeah. For sure. I mean, they they've given her this little rocking chair for when she is in class, so that when she's sitting there at her desk, she she can't sit for a long period. What a great of time. idea! Right. Yeah, so here at home, since she's doing online schooling, we got one of those large exercise balls. So she sits at that at her desk. And so she can just sort of bounce up and down. They also had a wiggle seat for her in class when they would be doing circle time. Um, what else? They, they allow her to sit near the door in the classroom just in case she needs to go out and 
run a lap up and down the hallway yeah. and then and then come back that sort of thing that right there was my accommodation my one accommodation in high school and that was the best just being able to that's what saved me i would get up like five times a class because you just have all this energy that you need to get rid of so just like walking doing a lap around the school yeah um, yeah for sure i'm a great one yeah like here here at the house um we we don't have a very large yard but um we got our trampoline as soon as covid hit i was like no we are doing this um and it has been a lifesaver a lifesaver as soon as she starts wanting to do laps around the main level it's like no outside she'll only maybe jump for five minutes but it probably saves our neighbors <laughs> sanity but um yeah yeah lifesaver so i want to i wanted to ask you um because you said you've only really mentioned two texts you mentioned the chicken wing tick which by the way i have uh still to this day um and um I also do the blinking, not that much, but you've only mentioned those two. Uh, was that, is that the extent of her tics? No, no. So in the past, she also has had like the head, like exactly what you're doing right mm-hmm. now, Jimmy. Yeah. And yeah, this one feels good. <laughs> yeah. <does>. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, this one always gets me whenever someone talks about it. I can't stop. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Don't this is the point. This is the okay. point. Okay. Um, but but really, those are the only ones. Now, I mean, like, and and I don't know if this is a tick or not, but she smells everything. I do that, and that's something I've done ever since I was a kid, and I had no idea why. And it, oh. it's like weird things, like uh, if I am even within five feet of like a newspaper yeah I can smell it and I want to throw up and like I have to get rid of it I, it has to be in another room or I can't focus on anything what yeah duly noted wow yeah and I'll smell everything my clothes I used to yeah. smell my clothes like cr- I couldn't wear it if it was, yeah, wow. it was and I didn't know why right I was growing up I didn't know why wow yeah. well she she carries this she carries this little um green blanket around everywhere with her um and it it used to be a baby blanket that my mother made her but then you know it it got wrecked so you know she had to knit her like this very very small one but she carries it everywhere with her and she smells it constantly Mm -hmm. and if you were to come over to the house, she would immediately go and grab it and ask you to smell it because she thinks that this is the best thing in the world. But apart from like, she's <laughs> constantly smelling things. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that is a tick. It, I, it has to be associated. I mean, somehow I yeah. just thought it was something that it I did like that was weird. It sounds like a combination of Tourette's and OCD. It sounds yeah. like they mesh mm-hmm. together and create like a, yeah. is that, Brandon, you have some of those tics that are also like, they seem like they're OCD. Yeah. I do, uh, I do a lot of OCD things where it's like, um, you know, where I have to do it to feel comfortable. Um, 
is weird, you know, just really weird things. I mean, I say weird, like not, I'm talking about myself, so I'm allowed to say yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> but and, like, and I, know what, I know what you mean. It's not derogatory. If, if, You're not if I had, if I had um, the, the, any sort of wrinkle on a shirt when I was about to put on a shirt going to school or something, I would, I couldn't do it. I would have to iron it out or, or like, even if it was just one, one crease or one wrinkle, it was, if I had it, it was on my mind the whole day, this one wrinkle, like, even though no one would notice, it's all I could think about. Wow. Stuff like that. I don't, mm. and I mean, I, I guess, um, maybe I've grown out of it. Maybe I've just learned not to care. Yeah. <laughs> Those are almost different than just regular ticks. Like, well, they are different than regular ticks. Those are those are like OCD ticks, like yeah, yeah, yeah like behaviors, I guess. Class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I know like over here, if if something in a day is not like on schedule, that and it just kind of throws her completely for a surprise, it our day's done forget yeah. it we are having a huge meltdown and she she just wants to start over you know like okay so what are the melt- what, what, are the, what are the meltdowns like holy cow she will cry for like two hours straight and there's no consoling her at all at all it's just the the day has not gone the way that she wanted it to go and it's it's crazy so i i I imagine that those um types of situations are what um you guys will like are working towards like to reduce or because like as she gets older so it doesn't happen exactly exactly yeah and and she she finds them just as frustrating as we do you know once once she calms down and she can speak with us calmly she she expresses the fact that she hates this you know that that she doesn't that she doesn't know what's what's making her have a meltdown and so that's that's ultimately what led us to go and visit our gp this time um you know because i'm like we we can't let her continue on this way Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that type of thing could, Jimmy and I talk a lot about how disruptive or non-disruptive like ticks or threats can be, but like that type of thing, right? Like in a workplace or something like could be very disruptive and for her career and for her future, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, like even, even just her educational career, mm-hmm. you know, like she's, you know. Does it happen um, at school? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it does happen at school. Um, so she, um, if coming back to the whole OCD almost type behavior, if, if a teacher needs to stop something before she has completed the task or the project, that's typically when a meltdown will occur. Mm. Because it's, and, and Jill explained it to myself and one of the teachers at one point in time where it's, it's akin to you leaving for work in the morning 
say without your shirt on or without your pants on and you're just told no that's you know you had time to get dressed that's it they're like it's hands up you know you have to leave now just as you are and that's exactly with the wrinkled shirt it's like now you just can't stop thinking about that thing you didn't do exactly exactly and and I just find that because it's becoming so almost on a weekly basis now that now we we need to get some help with this and so are you thinking are you thinking like a psychologist type like uh counseling something like that absolutely absolutely i have some uh an interesting connection i might be able to uh to point in your direction Aaron, in terms of uh somebody who works with kids with Tourette's and uh maybe we I can would talk really offline love that. about that yeah yeah, no, for sure. But, for sure. Um, I, I always wonder if I because okay, I'm gonna say it because I am somebody with threats, so I can say this kind of stuff. But I always wonder how much of it you can you can like adapt to or or learn how to negate or or put a halt to as somebody with threats. Like you can adapt your ticks. So one of the I made a little guideline in one of the videos for the some of the effective strategies that I've used to combat my tics and you know when I was younger I used these use this example when I was going through middle school I had a tick where I would bite my tongue and then whenever there was food or water in my mouth I would open my mouth and bite my tongue so I would, it would get rid of all the food I couldn't eat I couldn't drink uh, and the way I adapted that was I would instead of biting the tongue I found a tick that um that correct that itch scratched the same itch but wasn't as destructive so what i did is i went like this i basically for people who were listening i i retracted my my neck against the back of my collar and um that was able to scratch the itch so i i learned a way to negate a behavior that i didn't like and that wasn't the same as a, a tantrum um or a meltdown but i I always wonder how much of it, how malleable like people with Tourette's are in terms of like, how can our behaviors be changed? And there's a a practice called CBIT. I think we talked about it the last uh, podcast, which I I have no experience with, but have you heard anything about that, Erin? I I do know a couple of other parents that that their children have tried this and, Mm -hmm. and it has been successful. Um, I mean, with, with regards to behavioral issues, Mm -hmm. you know, sure. I, I will give anything, (laughs) anything Mm -hmm. a try at this point. From from my experience, uh, during like once COVID, uh, happened, I started to really notice, uh, my, like, I guess OCD or or whatever my, it was very, I was very irritable over the Mm -hmm. littlest things happening, um. You know, like if I have a f- my phone charger plugged into a certain outlet and then I go to get it and it's not there or something, like I would just, like, it was just this weird feeling that would just, oh, like, so irritated. And it yeah. happened all the time, every, like, you know, 10, 20 times a day, just different little things. Uh, I was, I, I really, I jumped on with my psychologist and okay. um, had, had like extra meetings with him and that seemed yeah. to really help me just talking with him about it. Um, 
we didn't do anything specific to, you know, like um, about what to do when it happened, but it was more just talking about it really just helped. Just being able to express that I'm feeling these feelings and I don't know why I'm feeling these feelings. And he, we kind of just talked through like, why might you be feeling these feelings? And, and that really helped me. And, 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 and just being aware of when, you know, when it's going to happen or what triggers it, um, it, it helped a lot. And that might help with Amelia, you know, if she could talk to somebody, uh, somebody like, yeah, you know, like a counselor or psychologist that knows about that might be able to help. Thank you. I have, I have a, uh, a big question for you. Are you ready, Aaron? Yeah. Okay, let's go. Hey, you. <laughs> okay. If you were to, I mean, you've clearly done uh, as good of a job that somebody can do, I think, as, as, as a parent. I don't know what you're going to say to that, but, but with, with Amelia and Tourette's, she's, she does exactly what we try to preach on, on this on this podcast, which is owning it and not being shy. And she's such a lovely personality and so much fun. Um, and and so what what I want to get to is there's a lot of parents that that approach Tourette syndrome in a less than ideal manner. So what would you say to a parent whose child was just diagnosed with Tourette syndrome? Wow. Well, thank you. I mean, as, as a parent, you know, we, we always wish that we, you know, that we could do more. Um, but my, my advice to a parent would be, well, message first. Um, it's scary. It's scary. Um, it's new. It's, it's new to everybody. Um, embrace your child because your kid is a sponge. You know, they're, they're going to learn from you and they, if they think they're different in a negative way from you, then, then they're not, they're not going to amount to as much as what they could be in the future. You know, like they're your kid, love them, love them with all of your heart, you know, embrace them for all the good, all the bad, all the whatever, you know, I mean, like Tourette syndrome, you know, you know, it's, I don't know. I know what you, you can mean. Say it. You uh, can say it, Eric. You can say it. I, we, I, we say it all the time. It's not that big of a deal, except well, for that it's, you know, it's something that we have. Like, it, it's not, so it doesn't it's, change anything. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So here, I'll say it. It's not, it's only as big of a deal as what you make it to be. Exactly. Okay. Like, don't let it own you. You know, like you are not Tourette syndrome. You are you, you are Brandon, you are Jimmy. She's Amelia, you know? So she has Tourette syndrome. You know, I mean, it it builds character, okay? Absolutely. She's a strong person for having this. Um, 
you know, I mean, like she, she enjoys life to the fullest. And, um, you know, I, that's all I want for all of the other people out there that, that have this. It's scary. Find somebody to talk to, you know, reach out when you need help, whether you're a parent, whether you have TS yourself, you don't have to go through it alone. That's great. That's a great message. Thanks. Yeah. And that's what we always say too, that uh, it's almost like if you let it hold you back, then, you know, that's the only way it will hold you back. Like, um, yeah. you know, by owning it and being able to just persevere through it. Like it's, it's just something like, I think Kevin said in, in our interview with him, you know, I've got what did he say? I've got brown hair. I've got blue eyes. I've got Tourette's, I've got, yeah. whatever. Like it's, it's not, it's not that big of a deal, but it, I mean, not to, not to minimize it. Like it, it's not no. that it's not a big deal, but it's, uh, it's not for somebody else looking in on it. And if they're going to judge you based on that, uh, then they're wrong because it's not something that, that warrants any sort of judgment. I don't need anybody to tell me that I can't do something because of it. Exactly. Uh, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like if, if you have somebody in your life that wants to say something like that, you, you deserve a hell of a lot more than yeah. that. Yeah. You know, you don't need that individual in your life. You know, so educate them with positive. Yeah. If they if they don't receive your education, bye. Forget it. Yeah. You said you said that so well, Aaron. Um, I, I almost want to like, I almost want to leave that by itself because of how, and you even like when you were, when you were pondering how to say what, what we're trying to say, which is there's a paradox, which is it, it Tourette's syndrome is, is really, really bad, but then it's also really good. And it also doesn't matter very much if you own it and don't let it own you. Exactly. And, and um, like, it, it feels, you almost feel wrong when you're saying that, but if at, at the individual level, that's how you have to approach it. And just like you said, if, if you don't, it's going to be your limitation. Your ceiling yeah. is going to be created by you because of your Tourette's. It's not going to, exactly. you don't know what your life could be above that ceiling if you make it your ceiling. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, she's she's you know top of her class very bright child very outgoing like this kid is going somewhere mm -hmm. you know and she's she's not gonna let it stop her from doing anything and that's great because it shouldn't mm -hmm. it shouldn't no. it's no. an obstacle and it's uh like you said it, you know it can even make someone stronger like if if you have to deal with that all day and you can still be, be happy on top of your class and be happy like look at what yeah. you know what else can you what else could you deal handle you know exactly exactly i think that i think look that amelia i think amelia set up pretty well i think that you guys as parents and being you know accepting it and start and educating yourselves uh like that's a huge step i think to to help her and to get her where she is and um to get where she needs to be because a lot of parents I think uh, will either ignore what they see, maybe ignore ticks or 
like my, you know, my situation where I'm, it was allergies and that's, but that is what, I mean, not my mom's fault. That's what the doctor told her it was, but, yeah. but that was just, that's where it was left. Right. And, and then that was, I, you know, I wish that I had the support that Amelia had but when I was uh, 11 or 10, um, because she seems like she's, you know, about 15 years ahead of the game in terms of accepting her threats where I was. And that's going to leave her way, way above, um, you know, everybody else when she gets, when she gets to that point. Yeah. And, and I really hope going, like going forward, you know, with, with the new generation that, you know, these, these children learn about, you know, learn that, you know, if, if they are diagnosed with Tourette's syndrome, you know, that, that they also just embrace it, learn about it and, and hopefully their, their peers accept them still as they were before, because they're no different than they were yesterday. And that's why Amelia's doing a great job advocating for, you know, everyone with Tourette's syndrome sharing and educating other kids, because um, that's the, that's the, seems to be one of the biggest problems is that nobody knows much about it. Yeah. You know, doctors don't know too much about it. If they aren't trained specifically in it, um, teachers, like we said, don't necessarily know unless they have to. Um, and that seems to be the, the big setback for, for the, um, for the Tourette syndrome community. Like, and that's what we're trying to do. Like, we've just got to get it out there and tell yeah. as many people as we can. Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, and you guys are doing a wonderful job. I've been listening to, to all the podcasts and great, great job. Huge kudos. Thank you. And thank well, you thank for you all for of your work on. with, with all, all of your work with the chapter too. Well, we're just trying to make the, the world aware, the world aware that everybody's the same. We're all equal. Another great episode of the books. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to share it. We have merchandise available in the form of t-shirts with lots planned for the future. You can head to Tourette.ca or Tourette.org to find your local chapter in the Canada or the United States. And you can email us at tiktokpodcast at gmail.com if you have any topics, comments, or questions for us to discuss. Thanks for listening.